What has your life on Hi-Fi? Gratitude has my life on Hi-Fi. I've learned to appreciate who I am, what I am, where I am, what I'm doing, who is around me, why I'm here, and I'm so grateful for it. You're listening to Life on Hi-Fi, the podcast, and I'm your host, Dominic Justina. It really doesn't matter if I create a masterpiece or not. It doesn't matter who likes it. As long as I'm enjoying the process, that's all that matters. Follow me as we talk about relationships, love, purpose, passion, you name it. Focusing on what you have versus what you don't have uh, can be a huge game changer. A public expression of freedom is just, I don't know, like it was so, 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 so liberating for me. Do what you have to do. Take some time off if you need to. But when all is said and done, you got to keep moving forward. Let's commit to living our best lives together, shall we? Did you know that Life on Hi-Fi is now on YouTube? Feel free to catch the visuals for this episode over there if you search Dominic Justina or click the link in bio on Life on Hi-Fi's Instagram page. Welcome back, y'all. Part two of my conversation with Randall starts now. I'm feeling moved to ask you this question now, and it's being a significant healing persona, I would say. like That's a significant part of who you are. How do you take the steps in ensuring that you are okay? Like, because you mentioned you have to heal first before you can heal others. But like, who heals the healer? And like, what do you, what's your, what do you do to stay grounded or centered is basically what I want to ask. Tom, in your questions. Um, Yeah, I remember, I remember that question too. Okay, so I feel like when it comes to healing the healer, um, there is there's a level of mentorship that I feel all of us should be privy to or should open ourselves to, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of what I've learned is through reading. I love reading. One of my favorite things to do. But I've also been able to tap into mentors that have really helped me a lot. Um, but I've been meditating for the last seven years. And meditation has literally transformed my whole life. Who I am today is very different. And I think sitting in silence and connecting with the spirit um, is very important. Connecting with your soul is very important, even if it's five minutes of silence, you know, because our mind is constantly going. And even if you can offer your mind 30 seconds of no thinking, you allow, it's almost like water, you know, every drop that drops into the pond is like a thought. And when you can allow that, like just the thought to just like simmer just for a little bit. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. Just like that there is something sacred about that moment in and of itself. And I feel like that's helped me a lot, but also having like a morning routine where I meditate, I do yoga, um, I'll do some push-ups, I read in my, I write my journal. I, I think you and I have talked about having a morning routine, you know, so the morning routine has been really, really grateful for me. Five minute journal yeah. as well too, you know, yeah. and then this is the obstacle is the way such a ah, good book, such yeah. a good book. The obstacle is the, the way. Book. Who is that by? By Ryan Holiday. Oh, okay. Ryan Holiday. Ryan Holiday. Yeah, that's his name. But you have a good so routine I- going because you mentioned journaling, you mentioned meditation, right? Mm-hmm. Even if it's just five minutes, which I think is a huge deal. And I've discussed like different ways of meditating in a previous episode, but I just feel like um, the world is just collectively shifting into stillness. We've been forced in it together because of the pandemic. But like, I think this idea of well-being and 
mindfulness and mental health is becoming more of a more of a like a conscious thought do you feel as if there are times in which you resist those methods being very conscious and aware it can be also very painful and isolating there are days i wake up and i don't want to meditate there are days i wake up and i don't want to journal there are days i wake up and i don't want to do yoga and so two things come to mind. Uh, Les Brown says, if you do what's hard, life will be easy. If you do what is easy, life will be hard. And so the former is about action. And then the latter is about consequence. So I'll repeat it one more time. The former being, if you do what is hard, life will be easy. So if you do the actions that are hard, then the results will be easy. If you do what is easy in terms of action, then the latter in terms of results, it'll be hard. And I really resonate with that. And so when I sit down and I meditate, there's, yo, Dom, you know how many times I've sat down and I'm like, oh man, just like, get up, get up. Don't like, why are you doing this again? Like, get up, man. Don't like so many times. I just yeah. don't want to do it. Yeah. But when I push through at the end of 20 minutes, I'm like, oh man, I'm so glad I did that. I'm so mm-hmm. much more calmer. And I can ap- approach the day with such a sense of calm and like appreciation and gratitude for the day, you know? Yeah. Um, Lately, I've been doing a challenge of doing 100 push-ups a day, and it's been like a week and a half. And I remember when I first started, I was just like, man, I don't want to do this. Today, yesterday, I didn't do the 100 push-ups. So I'm like, oh, I woke up, I have to wake up early, so I'm like, I'll do it next time. Today, I was like, you know what, now you're going to do 200 push-ups, you know? Something, <laughs> something about discipline, right? Have you, done, discipline. have you done the 200 push-ups? I did the 200 push-ups before, oh, before you and I got on this, yeah. did the a. 200 before we started, because I... I, I like I, I gave myself a task and I feel like I just have to follow because it's about me. It's for me. Right. Um, and that's why I think, you know, meditation and all those things, when you don't want to do it, it's about recognizing that it's for you. And that's for me, an act of self-love. So yeah, definitely days I don't want to do it, but um, when I see the results, it's, it's mm-hmm. worth it. Yep. So I, the reason I wanted to get into that is because I quickly realized the type of person I am. Like, I like to help others. I like to connect with others. And sometimes I get so focused on what I'm doing, who I'm helping, that me, myself, I get left behind. Like, my, my weight, my thoughts, the things affecting me, how do I move forward? I had days where I would kind of just break down. And, like, I didn't know where that was coming from. I think um, after a while, maybe from a young age, I learned that I need to heal. Like I need to do some work. There's some work that needs to be done and it's internal and people won't pick up on it necessarily. They might not see it. They're like, oh, Dom, you're so calm. You're so like chill. You're so relaxed. I think of the analogy where it's like the duck with or the swan, sorry, like on the lake and you're not seeing the feet doing this, but you're seeing them like glaze ever so slightly and I'm just like yeah that's me and like if I don't look out for myself like I will overwork I will burn out and I won't necessarily find like people come to me for advice or questions or healing and then who come who do I go to and so that's when that's why I was like okay but you're doing so much work like please tell me that you're doing stuff for you still right now and it sounds like you are and I'm of course I'm of course I'm not surprised but yeah it's awesome Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. It's not always easy, but we got to do what we got to do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
fast forward to, or no, let's rewind and take it back to 2020, the beginning, the month of January. I'm psyched because Obama is in the city. He's in Toronto. I'm like, yo, I got some tickets. I'm going to see Obama in real life. I was ecstatic. And guess who comes on the stage? You. (laughs) (laughs) You performed at that Obama event. You did a really beautiful set. Um, You did your poetry. And I just want to ask you, first of all, like, how did that feel? And did it kind of match up to what you expected it to feel like to be on sharing stages with Obama? It's really interesting. Um, It felt exhilarating. Mm -hmm. It felt like a proud moment for me because I've been helping so many artists in the city that I put my my art on the back burner sometimes. And I forget Mm -hmm. to write because I'm always programming and planning and and sharing for other artists. So when I got that opportunity uh, and got called and said, somebody asked if I want to perform with Obama, I was like, are you really asking me that? Um, but you know what's interesting, Dom, is I like big crowds. So I think there's about 5,000 people that were there that day. And I didn't feel nervous when I got on stage. But when there's like a crowd of five people, I feel more <laughs> nervous, actually. So I'm, I used to be one of those kids that I used to walk around my house and I used to talk to myself, picturing that I was standing in front of thousands of people. So I think from a young age, I always knew that speaking was something I was meant to do, you know? Yeah. But I felt grateful because the poem spoke to how Obama really broke barriers and how us as, as Black folks have constantly been breaking barriers. But even in addition to that, that like your benchmark for success must be higher than what you think you are. There's a quote that says, aim for the moon. If you miss, at least you land among the stars. stars yeah. And that's kind of what that felt like, you know, just aim high. You know, I never thought I'd be able to perform for Obama. But can I just tell you that 2020, the beginning of 2020, that I told myself that I was going to do big things last year. I sat down, I meditated, I wrote my goals down at the end of uh, December 2019. And I told myself, Randall, we're going to make more money. We're going to make bigger moves. And we're going to we're going to grow. We're going to heal. I like it was a really tough year for me last year as well, too. A lot of people would know, uh, but it really challenged me in a lot of different ways personally. Um, so I guess in a nutshell, uh, performing for Obama was just a reminder that I was on the right path mm-hmm. and that, uh, you know, for those young people who see me that were on stage, that hopefully they can see themselves in my footsteps um, mm-hmm. in the future. Yeah, that's sweet. Uh, I think um, it just takes me back to how you walk in faith and how you were basically telling me the other day when I reached out to you and I was like, this is how I'm feeling. It's again, this idea, it's already yours. And that's, I think it sounds like you manifested the moment you, you also do this thing. And it just came to me where you'll say, thank you for allowing me to like speak to 1000 people instead of asking, okay, God, please, can I, you know, I I just, I thought that was so genius. (laughs) I started doing it because I'm like, yo, like imagine the amount of faith that comes behind speaking that sentence into being. I think to to add to that is like, what's yours is yours and no one or nothing can take it away from you, you know? So with that level of faith, the universe will say, of course, what do you Mm -hmm. need me to do? You know, how can I help you? And 
yeah, just yeah, just really grateful for where I'm at in life, you know. Um, when I think about it all and think about the the manifestation powers that we all have, because um, we all have it, like we all have it. But it's just about tapping in and tuning in and knowing we can bring it to life, you know. Yeah, for yeah. sure. You've mentioned mm-hmm. it several times too, like money and business, because a lot of us fall into the trap of okay, if it's something that's coming from our heart space it doesn't have monetary value attached. It's okay if I, you know, live the starving artist's life or it's okay if I just sacrifice quality of life in order to serve and to be, to live a life of gratitude and whatnot. And I'm hearing you're saying like, oh, like I'm here because I'm trying to buy land and like I'm trying to make more money and I'm trying to build this into a non-for-profit and a for-profit like that kind of fuel each other. And I, can I say, I respect that a lot because I'm the type of person where I also feel like I like, I would love to continue to work in my heart space, but I also like nice things. And I also, like, I also want to make sure that I'm able to have a well-oiled machine to the point where one day I don't have to worry about money and I could just focus on those things that it's, how creating value how do i touch how do i heal how do i without thinking how because sometimes when survival kicks in you are limited and i i like coming from from jamaica and coming from a family with very humble beginnings like i understand like when survival kicks in there are just certain things you can't do like self-actualizing mm-hmm. isn't necessarily at the front of your mind because you need your basic needs so sure. earning potential is very important financial stability is very important my question to you is what what have you learned when it comes to earning and like monetizing your craft and, and putting value on it? Cause for me, it's hard. Like sometimes I, I make a painting and I'm like, I don't want to charge this much, but it costs this much to make. The first thing about money is that there's enough money on this earth for every single person to be a millionaire on earth. That's how much, but there's enough money on earth for that. And I believe there's enough that everyone can be a millionaire twice actually. So with that being said, I look at money differently. Mm-hmm. I look at money as exchange. I look at money as energy. And when you think about a current in the water, like we call it currency, right? So when you think about water, water is this ebb and flow, this give and take. But the thing about it is it doesn't, water never thinks about giving itself to the land or to the flowers or to the trees. Water doesn't even think about receiving from the clouds. Water just is. So I think about money in the same way in the sense that it's coming to you and it's leaving you all at the same time. So I give free, especially here in Ghana, like I give freely. Here you are, let me support your business. Let me support your business. Even in Toronto, I'm very much like that. So I give, I give because I know, and I don't give to get anything back. I give because that's the way things should be, number one. Number two, when I think about money, I also realize and also believe in the mindset of money too. So I know that I grew up in a household where my parents, often when money, the conversation of money came up, I realized that they were often talked about money in the fact of, in the sense of lack, that they didn't have money or that the bills were this or that they just never talked about money with me in general. So I think it's important that we all understand when we are children, what were those conversations that our parents had about money? Because those were the first, those are the first seeds that were planted in our mind about money. So if you grew up in a household where you're a parent, your parent was maybe frugal with money or your parent was very like uh, they just spent money like nothing. Like you have to understand that you adopted some of this behavior as well, too. And so I know for me, asking for what I, what I wanted was because 
I never felt worthy enough growing up. My parents never really told me I'm proud of you or I'm excited for you or I just never got those things that made me feel worthy just as I was. So when I realized that my, my prices were going up, it made it hard for me to say like my performance isn't 250 anymore for, for 10 minutes. Like actually my performance is 500 now, you know? Um, and I was afraid to ask, very afraid to ask actually. Mm-hmm. But I think when I got to a place and point of realizing, well, it's not about time and my money. It's just about the value that I bring. I bring a lot of value. When I open my mouth, there's a lot of value coming out of my mouth, you know? Cool um, and I say that humbly. Cool Thank sign. you. And I say that humbly, you know, humbly. Not because of arrogance, but just because I put in the work to become a better speaker. I put in the work to read and fill my mind. So again, about value and asking for what you want you have to be okay at the same time for people to say that they can't afford it. And I had to do that several times, you know, but I, then I also question, is it about like, what am I doing it for? Am I doing it for money or am I doing it because what I'm doing is great and it adds value. Right. So I think two things that I can kind of wrap up this point, two things is visualize, you know, it's important that we can visualize that $5,000 painting that $10,000 painting being paid for and someone happily writing a check or somebody happily sending that money to you. That's one, I'll right? Be blessed. Oh, you are blessed and it will come. <laughs> and when the day it comes, I'm excited for you to call me and say, Randell, someone paid 10,000 for this painting. I'm excited for that day to come because I believe it will happen for you. And the second thing that I think about when it comes to value and it comes to work, I also recognize that you know, you know your worth. And I learned this from somebody, you know your worth. So if you say a painting is $2,000 and someone says I can only afford 15, you can send them an invoice for 2000 and a, and a $500 discount. You know, that way they know that what they're actually paying for is 2000, but they're, what they're really paying is $1,500. And this oh. is good because when you do your taxes, yeah. um, it also helps you when you do your taxes to just show, just for the government to say like, you've been taking a little bit less than what you deserve, number one. And then number two, most of the time, like sometimes people will say, you know what, I'll actually give you the $2,000. There are good people like me, whatever, if, if I want to support you and you say it's 2000, I'm going to give you 2000. You know what I'm saying? So those two things kind of come to mind. Um, but that visualization piece is really, really, really important because you, you're worth it. We're all worth it. You know, you're really worth it, but go, go dig deep into what were those childhood conversations that I had around, around money, money that my parents shared with me? Um, and how does that affect me to this day? Because you'll see how it affects your business. You'll see how it affects your negotiation skills, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. I, think, I think I'll just leave it there because uh, it's a work in progress. I see, like, I see the value in doing that just to be aware of, because mm-hmm. I've never thought to think, or to, while you were talking, I was reflecting. I'm like, what did my parents say about money? Um, yeah, I think being aware is like one of the most powerful things we can do. And you mentioned self-mastery, by the way. And can I say that's like what the catch line, the original thought behind this podcast was, was journey to self-mastery. Mm. And you see it in the intro and I'm like, yes, like you're in my tribe. Like <laughs> this is, this is, this is the stuff I'm about too. So I love that. Can you share, like share for us three things that 2020 has taught you. It's been such a, let me preface this by saying like, the year went fast and slow to me at the same time. The mm-hmm. year stood still, 
but mm-hmm. it really shook us all up at the same time. Absolutely. 2020 is an unforgettable year. And I say like, mm-hmm. I know many people were very happy when it ended, very happy to move forward into a new year. But I thought I want to pace myself because we were just in a university of life together. And like, mm-hmm. if you don't leave that experience with some lessons, mm-hmm. man, like you're sleeping on 2020. You are sleeping. Honestly. Honestly. Um, your take what were three lessons that 2020 taught you um three lessons that 2020 taught me the first lesson was that was really about the the process of of manifestation and i've used that word a few times but the process of manifestation so it is thinking before you get what you want it is letting go it is knowing that everything is working out for you. So let me actually just revert, reverse that a little bit. So 2020 is me about manifestation and the power of manifestation and what it means to trust, to believe, to have faith in yourself and your capacity to attract the things that you want. But in order for you to attract it, you have to be it. So if you want happiness, then you literally have to be happy, right? Like you have to be happy because it's all we think is, it's not about what's happening out here. You know what I'm saying? Like, there are people who are millionaires that are not happy, right? But it's yeah. about being able to be rich in spirit and you will attract money. It's being able to think about money. It's being able to, um, like you said, you like nice things, wear nice things. When you wear nice things, nice things will just attract to you. You know what I'm saying? So if you look good, if you feel good, you will oftentimes, you, you will do good. So yeah. I think that's one thing I learned about manifestation. The second thing I learned and really, really learned is let go and let God, you know? Um, mm. I was fighting for something that I, that I think God was trying to tell me to let go of. And I was just fighting because, you know, there was an attachment, there was something really deep. Um, and I had to learn to let go of that. And it was one of the most difficult things I've ever had to do in terms of letting go and releasing. But I think the moment I let go and I released, I realized that there was so much more in me that I had for myself. Like, I love hard, you know, um, I love really, really hard. And I realized that I was putting myself in the back burner so that I could really love somebody else. And so that was really tough. Um, but let go and let God, because whatever you need, whatever you need, whoever you need, um, will come to you. And I think it's, it's a really important thing to recognize that. Um, the third thing that I can share about, about 2021 and what it taught me is that, you know, there is on the journey to self-mastery there's going to be some really painful things that happen to you so the biggest lesson i I took and i've been sharing this quite a bit was really about you know dom if we if we think of a seed you know a seed Mm -hmm. has a capacity and the propensity to turn into anything it can turn into an acorn tree it can turn into an apricot tree a strawberry tree whatever a bush anything one seed can turn into anything right and so what you have to do is you take that seed and you put it into the darkness of the soil. Once you put it into the darkness of the soil, you bury it nice and deep enough because what has to happen is it needs to crack. And once it cracks, it germinates and it roots itself into the darkness. And once it roots itself into the darkness, once it really roots itself into the thing that is supposed to be dark, what happens is then it can break through the ground and find its light, right? So it's one of those things, again, that duality of 
in order to know light, you have to know darkness. But can you imagine, Dom, like we are all seeds. And sometimes we need to be put into that darkness. Because once we're put into that darkness, we have to break sometimes. And even after we break, what happens is we're able to earth ourselves into the very darkness that is supposed to be bad for us. But only when you earth yourself and you ground yourself in the darkness, only then can you truly, truly find your light. So wow. that, those are the three things that I learned. Wow. I couldn't have said it in the, like, honestly, pretty solid lessons. Pretty solid lessons. I'm going to rewatch this just to, for, I might not even post this right away. I'm trying to keep this for myself, just for my own, like, I'm kidding. I'm definitely releasing this. It has to be released because your words are even making me feel like, why am I asking you questions? I should just give you the whole, like, just take, take the stage, take the show. This is yours. You don't need me to interject. Um, when you mentioned really believing in yourself, standing up for yourself, when you said that, I was like, yes. 2020 just showed us that a lot of the things that we've been doing has been for no reason. Like you think, let's go to work. I will commute from X to go to Y, I will wear this suit, I will look this part, I will leave this time. All of those things were unnecessary, but we were putting ourselves through it, going through traffic, right? Only because, not because they were convenient, but because we thought that they had to be. It had to be. And this pandemic broke down that construct and kind of shifted our idea of what actually needs to be, what's necessary, what's the essential. We have this thing, we say now the essential services, right? Now we realize we're surviving. Not only are we surviving, but we're also thriving in senses where we're able to focus on things that truly matter. Things that truly matter. We were only doing that because we thought we had to, but we realized we don't. So now we can focus on the things that truly matter. And that's, that's one of the reasons why I'm just like, I want us to go back to being open, right? Because right now we're kind of all in our cocoons, as you would say, like the dark place. And we are in some, like to some degree being cracked so that we could mm. see the light. And I really want us to get back to seeing the light, but like getting back to normal to me, I'm just like, but what was normal? And did we like that? Do we really think that we need to operate mm. in the same way we were before? Because there were some mm. things we were doing that were just causing burnout, keeping us away from ourselves for no reason. At all. No reason at all. For no reason. <laughs> You're right. And I, and I have to like agree with you 100%. Like, hopefully we took something out of it, you know, hopefully, because I think for those who, who did, what a beautiful lesson or what beautiful lessons that I hope came out of it, you know? Yeah, it wasn't an easy year for sure. Definitely wasn't. Well, I love that we end, we're able to end with some lessons and like we're continuing because we don't know how long this will last and life mm -hmm. is like an endless bucket of lessons. Um, I do want to ask you my favorite question of all time and it has to do with the name of the show. <laughs> Life on Hi-Fi. Do you need any time to think, by the way? know what it is actually got it of course <laughs> in true randall fashion <laughs> you have it but randall what has your life on hi-fi gratitude has my life on hi-fi i've learned to appreciate who i am 
what I am, where I am, what I'm doing, who is around me, why I'm here, and I'm so grateful for it. And it also has my life on hi-fi because in being grateful for where I'm at and what I have, I've been able to attract so much more. Everything I need, Dom, like everything I need. I don't like everything, you know, everything um, just has me living on hi-fi. If you haven't already, hit subscribe so you'll get notified when there's a new episode. I pour a lot of love and time into this to make great content for you. And so I could really use your help. To let others know about this podcast and grow the life on Hi-Fi community, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, follow at Life on Hi-Fi on Instagram, and of course, share with your tribe. Thank you, and as always, stay Gucci, stay fly, and keep creating.